You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Clayton's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 277. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you today. Joe Millionaire finale aired last night. We've got a lot of the participants coming up in the next couple podcasts. But on this one, the very first interview as a couple, Stephen McBee and Calla Jackson. And then after that, you're going to hear from Amanda Pace, the woman that was picked by Kurt. Got some stuff to talk about with that. So we'll get to that momentarily. I wanted to discuss kind of the backstory of this interview because you're going to hear things and it might be a little... Weird. Okay. So, you know, the finale aired last night. I was able to see the finale on Tuesday. I recorded both of these interviews on Wednesday. I recorded Amanda before I recorded with Kurt, uh, excuse me, with Stephen and Kala. Yet I'm airing Stephen and Kala before just because they're the winning couple. And I just, I, I, there was really no rhyme or reason. But you got to understand when I did talk to them and interviewed them, I wasn't able to gauge the public interest. I knew what I felt. And I think that was pretty universal. Just looking around now, you know, recording this open after the show has already aired and the finale has already aired and everybody has seen it. Yes. A lot of people are shocked that Steven chose Kala, not for any bad reason, but I mean, you watched the show. If you watched all eight episodes or whatever it was, 10 episodes, the edit certainly favored Annie, and I felt like, you know, we didn't know much about Kala. I was stunned when I saw that, and I was able to, to view that finale early. I was stunned, you know? I did not I did not expect that at all. But after talking to them, it now makes sense to me. I get why he did choose her. So you can hear his answer to that, and you can hear Kala, and I think it makes a little more sense now to me. But in the moment when I watched it, yeah, absolutely stunned that he chose Kala over Annie just because it just, I mean, and maybe I, you know, obviously I was fooled by the editing, but maybe I should have been like, it's so over the top, Annie. And Kala, up until like the second to last episode, we didn't even know if she liked Kurt or Steven more. So, yeah, that was the interesting uh, part of that. The Amanda thing, you probably saw it on Twitter last night, you if you listened to the teaser, either in my Instagram stories or on my Twitter account, you already know that Amanda and Kurt have broken up. And we get into that. We get into you know a little bit of Amanda's backstory. I think it's really interesting, her career path, what she's done up to this point, you know, on the show, her thoughts on Carolyn, the you know getting chosen in the end, and then the relationship with Kurt. What happened? You know, what? Why did they break up? What happened after the fact? And you'll get to hear that when I interview Amanda. So two really good interviews. And then, as I told you last week, podcast schedule is going to be a little bit different this week. I had to do it uh, Friday because I wasn't allowed to post it even after the episode aired. And I didn't want to post an episode because I would have to wait till the West Coast feed. And I was just like, I'll just post it Friday morning. So that's why we're a day late. Next week, as you know, I'm going to Las Vegas on Wednesday morning. I always go for March Madness. So I'm going to post... Next week's podcast, instead of on Thursday, I'm going to post it late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning before I leave. 
something along those lines. So that podcast is going to be with the two women who weren't chosen in the Joe Millionaire finale, and that would be Annie and Carolyn. So you'll hear them on Tuesday. So outside of Kurt, we've got everybody that was in last night's episode. And I don't know if Kurt's going to come on or not. I I haven't reached out yet. Maybe I will. But when you hear Amanda's interview today, I you know it's not like she attacks him or says anything negative. So it's like I think we would just get a lot of the same if we interviewed Kurt. And we did hear Kurt at the beginning of the season. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have Kurt on. I, I think these next two podcasts are going to get you your Joe Millionaire fill. Uh, of what you need if you follow the show. It was a really good show. I hope they bring it back again. And I really enjoyed covering it. And I really enjoyed talking to these people from Jenny at the beginning of the season. Remember her story. And then we had the people that casted, the, the company that casted the show, Jason and Damon from Cornwall Casting. Oh, by the way, I apologize to Jason because when I'm interviewing um, Stephen and Kala, I totally blanked on Jason's name. I knew it was Damon. And I totally blank because I brought up Cornwall Casting. And so I apologize. But yeah, Jason, I know your name, bud. And I loved talking to them. And then obviously speaking with Amanda. She's great. And you've got Steven and Calla, which I wanted to hear their story. I wanted to see if I was sold. You can listen to them for 30 minutes and tell me what you think. And they've done a lot. And it makes more sense to me why he chose her. And I can't tell you, they have spent a lot of time together since the show ended and they've made a um, decision together as well. So I, I I hope you listen to it. I hope you enjoy it. I think there's a lot there. And while I was stunned when I did watch the finale, it makes more sense to me now. And I can't wait to talk to Annie. I'm talking to Annie and Carolyn actually today. I'm interviewing them today. So those will be up on Tuesday, like I said. And I can't wait to talk to both of them. Obviously, Annie was a fan favorite. She's somebody that I think a lot of people thought was a shoe in that Stephen was going to pick her just based on the edit. And then you've got Carolyn on the other side. I'm really interested in talking to Carolyn because let's face it. If there was a quote unquote villain this season, I'd say it'd be Carolyn. And I'm curious to see what she thinks of her edit. If she is, I'm sure she's over it. There are rumors out there that she has had some contact with Kurt since the breakup with Amanda. I'm going to ask her about that and see what she says, you know, but I, I I've heard there's been contact. I don't know how serious that is. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) I uh, I don't know how serious that is or what the deal is with that, so I'm going to ask her, and we'll just get right down to it. There's no point to beat around the bush with that, and just kind of ask her about her overall view of the season because it seemed like if there was anybody, the fans of this show, if there was anybody they seemed to have an issue with or the way someone acted on the show, it was directed at Carolyn, so I'm curious to see what she thought of her edit and... Was this a competitive thing with her and she just wanted to win? We'll go over all that when I have her on and you'll hear that on Tuesday. But like I said, recording with them today, can't wait to talk to them. And then that'll be up 
late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, I haven't decided when I will uh, put it up. I mean, Tuesday night's going to be the Bachelor finale, so I, I'm going to be bombarded that night getting some stuff out, and then I know early Wednesday morning is probably when they're going to release the guys for the next Bachelorette season on the Facebook page of The Bachelorette. So I'm going to have to deal with that. I, I just I don't know what I'm doing, and I leave my flights like 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, so i got to figure out what I'm going to do. But it'll go. I'll probably end up doing it like late Tuesday night, and then just re retweet it in the morning for those of you who are already that might might have forgotten that I posted it late Tuesday night. But that'll be that. So that's your little backstory about today's interview. I can't wait for you to hear these. I'm so glad I was able to get them and post them right away. You know, the day after the finale airs. I hope you enjoy it. First up, Stephen McBee and Calla Jackson. Podcast number 277. All right, uh, let's bring them in. They are the couple, one of the couples from the ending of Joe Millionaire, Stephen McBee and Calla Jackson. How you guys doing? We're doing hey. good. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to this and being back. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on again, Stephen. I think it's um it's a lot of I'm sure a lot has happened since we last spoke. Uh, we we got to watch your season play out. We had you and um, Kurt on at the beginning, and now obviously everything plays out. The finale um, airs obviously uh, last night or yeah, the, or last week. Finale airs. We see what happens. We see it play out. Um, God, there's so much to get to, and I'm just trying to think of what's the best way to start here. So I, I want to ask you, Stephen. Obviously, between Annie and Kala, I think when when watching it. I think a lot of the public and the sentiment surrounds. I feel like we knew Annie better based on the edit. Obviously, Kala can't control that. It's how the show is edited. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Kala that maybe you don't think we got to see on television. Yeah, uh, you know, there was several episodes where, uh, you know, the edit was purposefully trying to to mislead the audience, obviously. Um, and Cal and I hit it off right off the bat. And in fact, if you go back to episode one, um, Calla says her stepdad has a cattle ranch in Texas. And you can see my reaction right then and there instantly, you know, spark. And, uh, you know, really from that first day, it just built out. And honestly, uh, the hometown visit is where things were really solidified. Whenever she came back, hung out with my family all day long. You don't get to see a lot of what took place that day, but we were literally with my family for eight to 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And day. yeah. And she was getting along with my brothers just fine fit right at home on the farm. And uh, that really solidified things for me. And, and unfortunately you don't get to see all of that um, again, just due to the edit, but yeah, it, it was a fun day for sure. I know. And Callie, your biggest thing all season was just, you had a real hard time, you know, opening up and, I mean, can you can you dive a little bit more into that exactly what it was that I, I think based on what you said, it was past relationships, right? Or a, a past relationship that was just keeping you a little more closed off to the process, along with, I think, in, in one of your tweets, uh, 20 cameras in your face all day long. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think me just personally and like general, whenever I'm dating somebody, it takes me a while to open up to somebody I don't fall easily. And so, you know, take that and put me in the situation with 18 other girls, all dating the same two guys. And then of course, you know, 20 cameras in your face, 24 seven, it's a lot. And so it was really hard for me to open up to begin with, but, um, you know, once I got comfortable and I think the turning point was whenever my mom came to town, um, it really helped me to just feel more comfortable and to be able to open up for when, 
I was going to say for when it kind of hit you and you were, you know, at the, towards the end, I think it was when there were six left. Was it six, either six or four when it was left where you had to make your decision on which guy you were going to choose. It was obvious that Annie was going to choose Steven and, and, um, and then Amanda would choose Kurt. And then when it came to you as an audience, I was like, I don't know who she's choosing because I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't know. I haven't been shown enough, but in your, in your mind, was it a no brainer? You were going for Steven or was there a struggle yeah. there? No, honestly, I was definitely more t- leaning towards Steven. Unfortunately, a lot of um, our conversations were edited out. Yeah. And a lot of my time with Kurt was edited out as well. Um, but if you were to see the full picture, you would see me and Steven hit it off right from the bat. Um, Kurt and I are definitely just better friends and we're great <laughs> friends now. Um, but yeah, it showed that pretty early on. So Steven, when when it came down to you and, and, and your decision and spending all the time with Annie and, and Kala, was there, was there one particular thing that put it over the top for Kala? Was there a myriad of things? Obviously, I, I don't think you have a, a bad word to say about someone like Annie, but was there a multitude of factors that put this over the top for you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I literally don't have any bad things to say about Annie. She's an incredible woman. Um, you know, for me, it was just, again, some of those conversations that didn't make, but, uh, you know, Cal and I talk so much about the outdoors, talk so much about, um, you know, her love for snowmobiling. Uh, you know, she's taken her dog out to a ranch in East Texas before she's been around, you know, the farming life, you know, just kind of fit in better with who I am as a person in my family. Uh, and so all that culminated to really where, um, you know, I, I knew, pretty early on that the Cal was the most uh, in tune with who I am and would definitely fit best with my family. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to hear you say this, Steven, because I feel like I, we didn't get that on the show. You know, no. I feel like, no. I, I feel like I no. missed a lot of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's completely edited out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's, uh, you know, I understand what, what the production company was trying to do and, and mislead the audience, but uh, you know, we, you know, we've talked about it several times. We actually have a little bit of concern of, you know, how people are going to, you know, react uh, and, you know, ha- have gotten some messages about it um, because of what wasn't shown. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I can pull back the curtain here a little bit and just say that um, you guys and I are recording this conversation before the finale airs. I was able to see it. You guys obviously know what happens um, the day before it airs. So, it's very tough to gauge what the public reaction is by the time people hear this because it hasn't aired yet. However, I, this is my own personal opinion, and I think a lot of people, just based off of the edit, I think it will be they're going to be stunned that you didn't pick Annie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we're we're so preparing. We're preparing for, for yeah. the backlash okay. from it all. And it's, yep. Yeah, it's very unfortunate that a lot of our moments, you know, our sentimental moments, our conversations were edited out yeah. because you get down to it and it, it feels pretty random as if you were watching it back. Has, um, has it been tough for you, Kala? Has it been like, man, like we had such we had such a better connection and we did things that are just you're leaving it out so everyone can get behind Annie or feel like, Oh, this is a, you know, this is a no brainer because honestly I did. I, I was just like, I, yeah. I'm stunned. I was oh. stunned when, <laughs> when you picked you in the end. I'm sorry. I, I was. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, stunned, um, you know, watching it back as well. I thought that they would include more moments. So it wouldn't be, you know, so misleading at the end. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's definitely been some some tough conversations. It's made it a little difficult, you know, watching it back, especially being in Cal's shoes, uh, you know, just just, you know, kind of feeling that out and being like, well, you know, we had so many good conversations and all they're showing is you and Annie. And, you yeah, know, I felt pretty irrelevant. At this point. <laughs> like, am I even on the show? Those are the majority of the messages I receive. Like, are you still on the show? So wow. that's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got to uh, be it's got to be tough because you have no con- you can control what you guys did and your relationship out there. But you have no control over the right. edit and what's shown. And and everybody that has an opinion on the show and watches it and fans that want to email you or leave messages for you they're gonna only base it off what they're seeing on television and what they're seeing is a is a steve and annie love story yeah gosh but and so i mean obviously like i said there's nothing you know we're not gonna say anything and you have nothing bad to say about annie i'm sure you don't either Kala. that it's just oh, it is what it is yeah. yeah exactly it yeah just, absolutely it just kind of happens yeah, it, yeah, and you know you understand what the the production company is is wanting to do. If they gave it away on day one, there's no reason right. to watch the rest of the episode. And honestly, I mean, I enjoyed every single day with Annie. You know, it was just like we said. There's nothing bad to say about her. It was just as we went along, realizing that you know she's a New York City girl, and I live in the small town. My my life, you know, I might not live in the small town forever, but farming is a big part of what I do, and will always be a big part of what I do. And yeah. it just didn't fit. Yeah, I mean, that was, I guess that was my next question in terms of logistics. Was there a part of you that was just like, I don't see, I, I think Kala can adjust to my lifestyle more than Annie can? A hundred percent. I mean, she's grown up around, you know, the farm life. Obviously, she lives in Dallas now, yeah. uh, but she's been around the farms. You know, she grew up running a stable of horses. I, I mean, so she's been around it her entire life, understands what goes into it, what all it encompasses, and then, you know, fit along with my family perfectly. You know, she has brothers as well. Um, actually, you know, I've been able to meet her brothers and they remind me a lot of mine, uh, you know, same personalities. And, and so it, it just fit us so much better. Kala, when the final day came and, you know, the decision was going to be made, did you think you were getting picked? Did you think he was picking you? I really had no idea. Um, I knew that we had a pretty solid connection at that point. Um, and I knew that him and Annie, you know, obviously had a very solid connection as well. Um, so it was very up in the air, to be honest. So you, so you weren't, I, I had no idea. You had no idea. I, yeah, I well, felt like I could go either way until, until she showed up for the actual, uh, yes. finale because it was four in the morning. So we were running out of daylight, <laughs> you're out of nighttime. So she probably realized then, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to be the winner. Well, yeah, I was like, hopefully I'm going to say, so they have to get ready at 3 PM. And then I did not go meet Steven until 5 a.m. And so I was like, hopefully this means that he's choosing me because if not, I'm going to be pissed. Right like, Wait 14 hours. Yeah, you better get picked. Yeah, at that point. It, yeah. in, in the white gown and everything. It's yeah. great. Oh my gosh. Now, Steven, when was your decision made? Did you make it up that morning or was it no. after the final date? Yeah, it was honestly, uh, you know, the hometown deal again. That was such mm-hmm. a big day. and Just seeing how these women fit on, you know, my life around my family and my farm. And uh, it, it was pretty much my mind was made up then. Okay. So here you are. Um, this show filmed, what, September and October. We're mm-hmm. in it. We didn't even know this was a show that Joe Millionaire was even coming back until I believe – mid to late December. Like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even it was a thing. Okay. So, yeah, and then it aired, it started airing in January and that's when you and I, you, me, you and Kurt spoke. So from the time filming ended till 
I mean, I guess we can say until now, what has your relationship been like in terms of, I guess, how many times you've seen each other? It's been four or five months since filming ended. How many times have you guys seen each other? And what's what's the relationship been, relationship been like post-filming? Yeah, thankfully, I do live in a small town and my nearest neighbor is five miles away. Um, <laughs> and so we have seen each other probably more than any dating show contestants have ever been able to visit because wow. at my house, there's no one around. So. Thank goodness, because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, it was hard as it yeah, was. Yeah, it's been hard as it was. and, and uh, long distance and yeah. trying to sneak in trips when you can. Yeah, but I think we've seen each other every bit of twice a month now. Okay. Not more, yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you come to Dallas? Well, you can't be. I, I, I'm guessing it'd probably be tougher for you to be seen out here. Or yes. I say out yeah. here in Dallas. Yeah. Have you come at all, even after, or no? No, not to Dallas. So yeah. the only trip she's came up to my little town just because it worked out that way. I yeah. I there's no way I could be down in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, because then it would just it would kind of give it away if you're seen there. It'd be like, yeah. I guess you could play it off as I'm doing. You know, I have business meetings or dealings, which is a true, which is a true story. I do actually yeah. go down to for business but not on the Dallas side so okay and then Calla when you I mean what is a weekend like I mean is it weekends that you guys spend together what's a weekend like when you go up to Missouri and you guys hang out for three or four days however long it lasts I mean yeah that's really what it is just hanging out we can't really you know be seen in public or anything not that there is really anything public to do out here anyway (laughs) (laughs) it's like the dollar general in the gas station but um yeah we just hang out hang out with family and it's actually been really nice because we've gotten to really like grow our relationship Mm -hmm. from spending just so much time together and not being able to go out so it's been good yeah done a lot of cooking uh, a lot of movie watching yeah um riding around the farm taking walks around the farm have you um have obviously there's got to be some shows or like you said movies but outside of Joe Millionaire, any uh, any shows that we've gotten addicted to? Any binge-watching that you've done? Ooh, actually have not watched any reality shows. Oh, none. None of those, huh? No, you, you honestly. Just, you just lived one. You don't need to watch any of them. Yeah, I lived oh one, yeah. Now I know all the behind-the-scenes. I will tell you, after watching, you know, I always was like, uh, you know, all these people that uh, dated on, or, you know, at the end end up together on these reality dating shows, and then by the time it comes out, they're broken up. You know, you're always like, oh, it was fake. You know, they didn't even try to make it work. No, it's just hard to last for five months being completely undercover. Like, it's actually very difficult. I'm not going to lie. And we've seen each other more than, I, like I said, any other contestant probably has. And it's just very tough, um, you know, to try and make that work for five months. Right. Like, not being able to tell anybody and keeping it private, not being mm-hmm. able to go out on dates and yeah, normal relationships. Yeah. yeah. Cal, I'm going to share a secret with you. Your friends have asked me. What's going on with Kala? Do you know the spoilers to Joe Millionaire? And I've said, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Yeah. They've come to me and I've been like, I have no idea. Now, Grant, I didn't know until yesterday, but um, yeah, they asked me this season. I'm like, no idea. Um, but I, I even I, know who is. You want to? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw her under the bus. Later. <laughs> well, the other, the other thing is, I, I think the one time that I did respond I just gave my opinion. I said, based on what I've seen, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think she's with anybody. So yeah. uh, they're going to – but, um, you know, the ending of the show was was interesting because when we found out Joe Millionaire was coming back and it was a same concept, but there were two ba- two guys this time and whatever you're going to call it, bachelors, whatever you want to say, um, we didn't know what the ending entailed, and they never said, like, hey, 
come the finale, this is what to expect. So at the end that we saw in the finale that, um, you know, get, you get presented a, you know, promise ring. So Steven, what did that mean to you to present that ring to Kawa? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I was nervous. Like out of everything about the finale, that was probably what I was most nervous about because I knew Kala, we had our conversations. We both do not fall quickly. We're not going to lie or do things in front of the camera that we don't truly feel. And so, you know, having that ring in my pocket, I was like, if I just pull this thing out, um, she's going to run out of here thinking <laughs> I'm proposing to her because, you know, we've only been on three solo dates together and, you know, been known each other for a month. Yeah. And, uh, so I would have panicked. Yeah, she'd sure. have panicked. So for the sure. before and it doesn't make the cut, but literally before I even reach my pocket, I'm like, hey, I just want you to know this is not an engagement. This is a promise ring. Yeah. And so then I pull the ring out and you know, I say, you know, my promise to you is that uh I actually want to try and make this work outside of these walls. This is not just for show purposes. I would have been just fine leaving here by myself if I wasn't feeling anything. Gotcha. And Calla, when you were presented with that, how did you take it in terms of seriousness and did it mean a lot to you to even to get that ring and to get that promise of hey let's try and make this work in the real world yeah I definitely did um I mean obviously leading up to I had no idea if he was going to pick me or not and so it really just solidified the fact that he wanted to see how things would go in the real world and wanted to see if we could make it work I think um by the time this airs people are going to know that Kurt and Amanda are no longer together. And I was just curious, first off, Stephen, your thoughts, because I think one of the biggest things and the biggest reaction that I've gotten from um, listeners and readers who I was able to turn on to the show was they loved, and, and, and even I talked about it in the first episode I did with you guys, the bromance between you and Kurt this season was highly endearing and it was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, he's a good friend of yours. Um, I don't know what you want to say or what you're willing to share about their breakup, but in your, in your eyes, exactly. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about the whole thing? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, Kurt and Amanda were definitely, um, you know, they were smitten with each other. No doubt about it. That was not, again, that was not just for show purposes. I think where this may be separate from other dating shows is everyone here would have spoken their mind if they were not feeling something. And so they left there and, and we're in good, you know, in a great relationship, but, the long distance and just keeping things under the table, it, it makes it tough. And so they're still very cordial, still good friends, still think the world of both of them, you know, actually we're going to see Kurt this weekend, but uh, you know, it just, just didn't work out, you know, long-term outside of the, the, the show walls. And Cal, I mean, being the, you know, quote unquote winner with, with Amanda, I don't know what your relationship was like uh, with Amanda post-show. If you guys ever did, you know, private double dates, uh, the, the four of you, I don't know how it, any of that went down, but what are your feelings on Amanda and have you, do you guys keep in touch? Do you speak to her post show? What, what's the deal with that? Yeah, we were great friends during the show and post show. We, um, Whitney and I got in a trip to New York to go see her. Um, we have been a little bit distant lately, but we just have had really busy separate lives and I'm trying to, um, you know, move up here and just get started on, um, real estate and all that. So we've had a little bit of distance, but, um, she's a great person. And I think, you know, in the show and in reality, I think it's just very different worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it seems like, well, I mean, you just said something right there that, um, I can't believe I haven't asked yet. What is the plan for you guys? Are you now going to be officially moving to Missouri? What's, or are you going to do, um, 
you know, commuting? Yeah. What, what's the plan? Yeah. I say, yeah, I just kind of dropped the ball. She, uh, <laughs> she, is, she is living. She moved in uh, last weekend up here to Gallatin, Missouri. So we've Woo! been keeping oh, low-key. Wow. Yeah, she goes from my house to my office. Um, you know, obviously the show's airing tomorrow, the finale, and then after that will be public. Uh, we've bought a house uh, down in Kansas City. Um, so uh, I split time between Kansas City and this little town anyway. So I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll have the house down in the city and then house, have this house up here at the farm as well. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. I did not know Thank that. You. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, how, Cal, how long were you in Dallas before you made this move? Um, I was in Dallas, so I'm originally from Dallas, but I grew up most of my childhood in Chicago. But I have been back in Dallas for eight years now, so it's been a while. And what are you, what were you doing in Dallas before you went on the show? So I was doing project management for an architecture company. Okay. And so right now, I'm currently, I almost have my license, my real estate license in Texas. And then after I get it in Texas, I will be working on it for Missouri as well. In Missouri. So we can, yeah, mm-hmm. so we can team up and. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we didn't talk about it on the show, but I have residential and commercial construction, so single family homes all the way through to commercial construction. So, plan is for me to build them out and her to sell them. Wait, I thought Kurt was the construction guy on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's so funny is Kurt and I are so similar. You know, we like we're both construction guys. I just didn't talk about it on the show. Oh, okay, yeah, that is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I, I think I think one thing that I think a lot of people want to know. I mean, you know, watching it and watching everything play out is. Look, it's still very early in the relationship. You guys have known each other, what, five months or so? But, I mean, that's a pretty... I mean, when I watch reality TV, and especially the dating shows that I cover, you know, the biggest thing for me is, you know, there's a lot of forced engagements, and pretty much that's what they want, is, you know, a forced engagement. And to me, whether there's an engagement at the end of a season or not, to me, it's still, even if there is an engagement, it's still just two people deciding to date with an engagement label on it. Because you don't mm-hmm. know each other well enough. And I've always said from the very get-go, the relationship starts once the filming, once cam- you know, once the cameras stop rolling. And, yes. and I don't take any relationship from reality TV seriously until one person moves. Because for the most part, when you do a casting in a reality show, I mean, it's, it, it very rarely happens where the lead and the person they chose live in the same state, let alone same city. But this seems you know, serious now because one of you has made the move. And so I congratulate you for that. I, co- I commend you for that because that just doesn't happen very often in reality TV dating world ever. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. was it, was it I, a tough decision to make Calla? Was this something like, I just, I, I love Dallas. My roots are here. I, I, can we, can we hold out longer? Or you were just gung ho. Like I want to get to Missouri as soon as I can. It was really funny how it worked out. Actually, the lease at my apartment ended last week. Mm. And so it well, actually it ended on the 7th. So I guess that's Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple of days before finale. And so I don't know, it just all lined up to where it made sense to move up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said before, we kind of both like to take things slower. And I guess moving isn't taking things that slow, but um yeah, I don't know. I just felt right. Yeah, and long distance, we've talked about yeah, it. Long distance so does not work for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got to have some sort of end date on it. There's got to be light at the end of the tunnel. And so we couldn't just do an indefinite long distance relationship. So moving her up here, seeing how we're actually going to work out living together, right. um, you know, was really key for us seeing, you know, moving forward to see how this relationship goes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, that's, that's obviously key. And once you got off the show before the visit started, um, 
I'm sure this was a kind of like a FaceTiming every day. You guys were in touch at all times kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. I think it's great because let's face it. It just, just the premise of meeting somebody on a reality show is not something that is normal. It's, you know, it's, it's basically a form of speed dating because Steven, you're going through so many different women and having to get to know so many different women and, you know, they might, and in your particular show, they might be interested in somebody else. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's great that it has worked out um, between you guys so far and you guys are on a path to where, wow, this, this could be a real lasting relationship. And, you know, I want to congratulate you because I think it's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really think what helped us out was, you know, how we approached the show. We weren't just going to fall head over heels on day one. It seems like, uh, you know, those, those burning bright flames burn out real quick. And so we took our time, made sure that, you know, even in leaving the show, we weren't just going to jump into anything or have her move up here and and didn't want to put any crazy serious label on it, um, like an engagement and just say, Hey, you know, we've got a good connection leaving this show. Let's see if we can build on that. And obviously we have. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, what I was going to say was when the show started, was was Calla more of a slow burn for you? Did it develop a lot slower than Annie? Or was, again, was that just the edit? No, it just for me, I was looking at 18 women. Try, I, I was trying to remember their names, let alone yeah. actually make it. You, know, you didn't let, know my name? <laughs> not the first couple of days. Kurt and I had like a board of all your pictures just to remember names. And so it took forever just to remember the names. And so, you know, it really took that long to establish a connection with anyone, honestly. Well, Caroline knew who you were. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Cal, for you, when, I mean, I'm backtracking here, but for you on the first night, when the guys first walked down the stairs, you can admit it now, was, was there a, was, was Steven always it for you? from the get-go just based on looks is he you know like the type of guy you would date in the past or no no No. i know i wasn't she was definitely open to both options well i was not expecting two options well yeah that's that's true that's right you guys didn't know yeah we had no idea so obviously seeing two good-looking men walk out i was very excited about it (laughs) and very open to both in the beginning Um, the other thing we haven't even discussed was, you know, the money factor. You, we saw you on the finale say, look, it's, you know, whatever. I don't give, basically, I don't give a shit. Um, it's not a big deal to me. It doesn't play a role in, in any of your decisions. And it, and the same went for Amanda when, when Kurt told her he wasn't the millionaire. Um, just out of curiosity, Kala in the house with the women, I guess, it, I guess it would all depend on at what point you took a survey. I know you guys were all talking about it all the time on who they thought, was the millionaire for the most part were people right or wrong the women on it ended up being steven being the one with money and kurt not you know a lot of those conversations were prompted by production i will say <laughs> okay um, that wasn't like the main topic of conversation the whole time um i actually do think a lot of the women there were there to find a connection to find hopefully a relationship out of it um and like honestly i really do mean that um, but I think it was pretty split up because I mean, the women were saying construction's a great business, but farming's a great business. So we had no idea which way to lean and they did a really good job hiding it the whole time too. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we, we, we talked about it, Steven, at the beginning of, I was so curious this whole season, if at any point 
someone was going to say or do something that slipped to put it into one of the women's minds that, oh, he's the rich one. And I think, I, I honestly don't, I think you guys did a great job. I think the only thing I remember was when you went back home and your brothers all had Rolexes on and you were yeah. like, guys, you can't wear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Aside from that, it was honestly pretty easy for me just because I, I literally do live a blue collar life. Um, you know, yeah. I'm from a small town. I don't do some of the fancier things, some of the higher class things in life. He, he eats gas station pizza for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know, I live pretty blue collar. Yeah. Gas station pizza for breakfast. What about the uh, what about the hot dogs that are just sweating on the little rollers on the in the gas station too? You ever have those? Oh, oh yeah. Or the taquitos? Oh, yeah. yeah, we have taquitos and those little hot dogs. Those are not bad. I will say it's not that bad. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I'm look I'm, when I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it overall. Like, yeah, you said, Stephen, it did. You guys didn't really ever slip, and I don't think, you know, and when I looked at it, and obviously the women weren't able to look at your social media while the show was airing, but if you were to look oh. at both of your social medias, I, I mean, Kurt is like out on boats and kind of traveling a lot and kind of showing yeah. off where he is. It it would almost seem like if they did, they probably were able to see social media. They probably would have thought it was Kurt that was the yeah. millionaire. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he lived more of the city life does, uh, you know, goes out on the yachts or the boats and, uh, you know, is downtown or uptown most of the time. And, uh, most of my posts are, you know, about farming the outdoors every now and then, you know, the helicopter or a bunch of tractors will make it. But yeah. other than that, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, even if they were able to see the social media side, they'd probably still think it was Kurt. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and Calla, just as just out of curiosity, who are you closest to, was there anybody you were closest to on the show and did it continue post show or is it, did you get to closer to somebody post show that maybe, and obviously, obviously I know logistics play a, a big role in this, but um, who are you, who are you closest to with on the show? So since night one, uh, Whitney and I really hit it off and we actually ended up rooming together the whole time. Um, and so we still have a great friendship now. We're actually working on something together that we'll announce in a couple weeks. Nice. Um, but yeah, she's been, I mean, I think she'll be a lifelong friend. Was there a friendship or anything with, with Carolyn just being the final four? I mean, obviously you've spoken about Annie. We've spoken about Amanda, Carolyn, the other girl, uh, in the final four, not on not someone obviously that you competed, um, against, but what about Carolyn? Um, I have uh, stayed in contact with Carolyn. I think she's a great person. I think, you know, the show edited it in a certain way. She was she was very gun ho on the show, I will say, and a little cocky as well. But um, in real life, she's a great person, and I have kept in contact with her as well. Okay. Did you think, like, going into the final, you said you didn't know who Steven was going to pick. Um, did you have a leaning one way or another of who you thought Kurt would pick? No, actually Kurt and I had a conversation on the date where I broke up with him um, about both Amanda and Carolyn. And um, we got pretty in depth about which one he should choose. And we ended up leaving that conversation with it still being up in the air. So I didn't know which way it was going to go. Okay. And Steven, obviously you speaking to Kurt every day and I'm sure when you were mulling over between you know, Annie and Calla, you were probably hearing Kurt's dilemma on, do I go with Carolyn? Do I go with, do I go with Amanda? Did you offer advice at that point? Or you just kind of, I mean, you saw his relationships with both. 
or did you just kind of yeah. let him figure it out for himself? I mean, obviously, it was his decision, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I tried to give him advice. You know, we talked nonstop, um, you know, so many conversations that we had uh, basically all day long about it. And, you know, we woke up the day of the finale or the day before the finale. It was our final dates. And in the morning, he woke up and he's like, it's it's Amanda. I'm going with Amanda. And then he had the tennis date with Carolyn. Mm. And after that tennis date, we met back up at the house before the last dates of the evening. And he's like, dude, he's like, I, you know, I just had a great day with Carolyn. He's like, it's, you know, the connection is there. He's like, you know, I'm actually falling in love with Carolyn. Uh, And I think that was pretty evident to everyone around. And so I honestly, going into the finale, I, he he was pretty up in the air, to be honest. Did you not like that? Did you not know who he picked until they, until the four of you met or were you? Right. I, we had no idea until like after he had chosen me, then we all met up together. Yeah. So I was actually in a room with Martin. Uh, we were listening on a headset, like we couldn't see what was going on, but we were listening on a headset and I didn't know which way it was going to go. And I'm listening to Kurt and then listening to him, uh, send Carolyn home. I'm like, Holy smokes. I cannot believe this. I was, (laughs) yeah, I was shocked. I was, yeah. So if you guys finished at 4am, so Kurt finished, so he was second. He, no, so it went. Um, How did they I, do it? I sent Annie home first at 11 p.m. Okay. Then Kurt sent Carolyn home at let's say 12:30 in the morning. Oh, okay. Then, gotcha. then Kurt picked Amanda at like 3 a.m. and then I picked Calla at like 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> After 15 hours of of waiting around. Yeah, literally, we were trying to race daylight because you know everything was shot at night on the finale, and so every single interview had to be shot at night. So like. People were running around because there was literally the sun was starting to rise. Right. We had rap shooting. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. So, Cal, what did you do for that 15 hours? Were you just put in a room and just said, oh, hey, oh wait, <laughs> just wait here until we'll, we'll come get you when it's your turn? Or was someone, was the producer gassing you up, getting you excited? Like, what did you do? Like, I mean, you must have been going stir crazy. The producer can only gas you up for so long. <laughs> Literally, I'm not even kidding you. I was in my dress, full makeup, hair done at 3 p.m. That day, I didn't go on until 5 a.m. So they had brought me to the house, and I was just upstairs in a room just hanging out. I think I redid my makeup, like, three separate times. I, like, kept taking off my dress, putting it back on. Um, I took a little nap here and there. Like, it was it was a really it was long, a long night. Wait. Yeah, it was and then a long I, night. I was in the butler's quarters with Martin, and we just had, like, five red bulls lined up and we were just going oh through gosh. red bulls. It was, it was a long night. I think I had so many red bulls that it actually had the opposite effect on me because by the time 5am rolled around, I was like so delusional. It was not good. Well, the other thing is I, I, you mentioned that you did fall asleep. I was like, at some point, if I were you, I would have taken oh, yeah. a two or three hour nap. Just been like, but then that would might maybe mess up your hair and you have bed head and you have to do that again. <laughs> The struggle is real. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, I mean, we all saw it play out. Um, I'm glad that you guys are still together. Like I said, I I commend you two for being able to work through this and and make a big leap uh, to to make the move, Kala, to to move in with Stephen. And you know, I, I appreciate you guys coming on. I wish you guys all the best. We certainly enjoyed this season of Joe Millionaire, and you know, continued success in the future for you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thanks to uh, everyone that watched the show. We really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. Yep, thank you, and uh, we will be in touch. Good luck, you guys. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. You got it. Thank you so much to Steven and Kala. I hope you enjoyed that. I think they did a really good job, and I enjoyed talking to them, and it was it was more enlightening than anything because I really 
had a hard time understanding why he chose her over over um, Annie at the time I watched it. Now it makes more sense to me. I hope it makes more sense to you guys. It it really seems like Kala fits his lifestyle a lot more. You know, I, you want to say country girl versus city girl. I, I think that probably played a part of it based on what he said. You know, he did mention stuff about her being around cattle and having been on a farm before and and there's nothing wrong with the fa- of Annie's lifestyle that she's a city girl and a pageant girl. There's nothing absolutely there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for Stephen, it um, maybe didn't fit into his life. The thing was, when we're watching it as viewers all season, there was just no like. It just always seemed like it was Stephen and Annie. Like it seemed like she got three one on ones and Calla got like one. I don't know. You, you heard? I mean, you heard me. I was just like, I'm not gonna beat around the bush with them. Like, look. I was surprised, and I think a lot of people are. And they're like, yeah, we know. We're, you know, we're watching it back. It was a little frustrating. I get what the show was trying to do, trying to mislead everybody, but we know who we are, and we know our relationship. And the fact that she's moved in, like, you know what I always say about these reality TV show relationships? Usually it's about Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like, what do you, whether you come off a show like this as a couple, you're just dating. Even if there's an engagement behind it and someone's wearing a ring, you're just dating. Until someone makes a move to move in with the other person, that's when I believe it's serious. And so I would say that Stephen and Kala are fairly serious, considering she's packed up her life in Dallas and moved to Missouri. So yeah, I'd say they're pretty serious. No, doesn't mean you know doesn't mean they're going to be together forever, but that's a huge step, a huge step, because most bachelor and bachelorette couples don't even get to that step. They break up before anyone makes a move. So I hope you enjoyed that. And you're really going to enjoy this one. I Amanda Pace is the next guest. She was chosen by Kurt, as you know by now. They have broken up. We get into all that. What happened? Is there any chance of reconciliation? You'll hear it all from Amanda Pace. So here we are, continuing podcast number 277. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you saw her get chosen last night by Kurt on the finale of Joe Millionaire. It is Amanda Pace. Amanda, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Um, I'm glad that uh, we finally got you on and um, can speak to you about the whirlwind that you went through. That was Joe Millionaire. But before we even get into anything that happened last night and the status of your relationship with Kurt, anything like that, um, I just want to, as I do with most of my most of my guests, just ask you a little bit more about yourself, your background, and I guess start in the beginning in terms of this show. How did you get cast for Joe Millionaire? Now, having spoken to Jenny and Kurt and Steven, um, I'm very well aware that everybody that was getting cast for the show, and even speaking to the guys at Cornwall Casting, um, Damon and um, – I'm sorry, about I'm, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Uh, <laughs> Damon and who, – who's the guy from Cornwell? Why am I blanking on his name? Damon Colazzo and – What? Maybe Jason. Jason. Jason? Jason yeah, Jason and Damon. Yeah, yeah. They came on the podcast too. We all know the show was being pitched as Love for Real. So yeah. when Love for Real, quote unquote, approached you, how how did it come about? Did they just slide into your DMs? And then what was the process for you like getting cast on this show? Yeah, so um, Cornwall Casting totally just slid into my DM. And I uh, I randomly, you know, when you open something like that, you definitely think it's fake. But I'm the type of person where I'm just, 
um, you know, I like to take an opportunity if I, if it seems fun and it just seems like such a random thing. So I DM them back. I was just like, this sounds um, really fun. Like what would it entail? And then I believe I jumped on a um, zoom call with them the next day, just like go over like what it was. And they were just um, pretty much saying that it was a dating show. They didn't really give me any detail about like that it had to do with money. They just pretty much said it'd be like the bachelor um, type of show. So pretty much we did a quick interview, I believe a week later, and then it was on and off interviews, I feel like for about six months because of COVID. So I was just kind of, you know, focusing on work and then kind of forgot about it. And then probably like literally two days before I was moving and I'll get into all of that. They told me I got on the show. So I had to literally pack a suitcase, had no idea where I was going and then just took a leap of faith and like did the show right before I was about to move. So I put all my stuff in a U-Haul, flew to Atlanta and then filmed the show. So it was kind of a wild experience. So where were you set to move to when you did all this? Um, I was living in Newport Beach, California, and I was set to move to um, New York. To New York. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you're, I'm assuming you're, so your lease is up in Newport and yet you get cast for this show. So when you got off the show, and you go to New York, you had already had a place or how did this work? Yeah. So literally I had looked online when I was living in California on Zillow and I got lucky, found a place and I just locked in um, the lease like right before I moved. So I think I just had an apartment sitting for like a month, uh-huh. but um, my mom was like nice enough to come and like help prep it for the that month. And they definitely enjoyed it while I was filming. So, gotcha. so it got good years. But then, yeah, after the show, I moved into this place and I'm loving it. But yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind of, you know, moving and trying to film, like prep, preparing to go film the show. So you get there, you get down to Atlanta. You obviously still think the show is called Love for Real. You have no idea what it's about. And two yeah. men walk down the steps. Immediately, yeah. were you drawn to one over the other? I was definitely drawn to Kurt, but Steven came out first and I didn't really know what to think because to be honest, like they were so far away from us that I could barely see because there were so many lights and, you know, you're kind of overwhelmed by all the cameras. So I saw Steven. I thought he he had a really heavy Southern accent and I, you know, I'm like a, kind of a city girl, I'd say. So I was like, oh, like interesting, you know, but um, and then Kurt came out and I was like, oh, that's definitely my type. Like I kind of like you know, um, brunette guys. And he just had like this air about him that I, I feel like I connected with more than Steven. So I was, I was excited that there was two guys though. So I could get to know both of them and see which one, you know, I liked better. So the, Oh, in, when you say it's so funny, cause you, your answer was, yeah, you know, he had said a bit of a Southern accent. I was like, Oh, interesting <laughs> it, to me. That was more like, yeah, you know, next. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, nothing against a southern accent, just not my cup of tea. Just not your cup of tea. Okay, and yeah. okay, so the show starts, and you're you're thrown into this show, and immediately you're told what the show is. Now, at that point, yeah. are you like, oh shit, not really what I signed up for? I don't know if I'm digging this at all, or did you have a different approach to it? You know, when they told us what the show is about. Um, when the boys came out and said one was um, a millionaire and one wasn't, I really didn't think much of it because the boys said that the one thing they were allowed to tell us was what they did for work. And both guys had good jobs. You know, Kurt said he owned his own construction company. Steven said he, you know, worked on the farm. So for me, I feel like as long as a guy has good work ethic and is driven, that's like huge for me. Um, 
because you know, just money isn't everything. I've dated really rich guys and really poor guys. And if there's no drive behind, you know, their career, it just is going to, what if that money's gone tomorrow, you know, and you're really rich. So I think there has to be um, good worth ethic for me. And it seems like both guys had that. So it didn't really affect my thought process on that. What was your dating history leading into this show? Not everybody. You don't have to run down the the litany of (laughs) rich guys and poor guys you dated, but like, I guess your most recent one and how close to filming had it ended or had it been a while since you were in a, and not just dating a serious relationship. Um, probably about, um, like a year and a half was my previous relationship. And he was, you know, hardworking, had a good job. Um, and there was a few flings in there that, you know, didn't really bring much to the table. <laughs> I tend to go for guys that are fun rather than money. And, you know, at, there gets to a certain point where I definitely have to make sure that a guy is going to be equal to me because I definitely don't want to date someone who's going to take advantage of, you know, me and my hard work and money and stuff. So, um, I think throughout my years I've lived and learned and I think you can find someone who's driven and fun. Um, but yeah, my previous dating history is pretty shitty. To be honest. Well, the- um, I would go for guys just that were fun and, <laughs> you know, in, in reality, you just, you just do want someone who's hardworking as well. So the guy that you dated for a year and a half, how mm-hmm. close to filming did that end? Was that your last relationship, longest relationship pre-show? Or yes, cl- and that was home? about yes, and that was about um, like a year and a half um, prior to filming. Okay, and yeah. what was the ultimate decision maker in that relationship ending? You or him or mutual? Um, in, that, in that relationship, it was you know we were living together and we kind of I I had just started my business. It was we had just we were kind of starting to come out of COVID, and I really wanted to get serious about my career. And he had just moved to California from um, Oregon and he was kind of enjoying, you know, the, the party life of California. Like he liked concerts a lot. And I had like lived all that cause I had been out there since I was 21. So, you know, I went on a, on a Friday, Saturday, I was kind of focused and on my business. And um, I owned a bikini business prior to filming called almost naked swimwear. And I had just launched it and it was, you know, I just really was focused on that. So I think we just were on two different paths. And one day I was just, we were living together and I was like, you know, do you think we're just like coexisting as friends? And, you know, in the beginning we were kind of like, I don't know. And then I was like, well, why don't we like take a little bit of space and see? And then ultimately we decided that we um, were better as friends and he ended up moving to San Diego. I stayed in Newport and we still remain friends to this day. You know, I wish him the best and we don't really talk or anything, but if, you know, I see him around, I'm like, how are you? You know, gotcha. standard. Yeah. And, you know, just, just looking here, um, almost just pulling it up. You don't, you're not involved. And I was going to get to this at the end, but we might as well just bring it up now. The, um, yeah. almost, almost naked swimwear and just yes. Googling it as I'm speaking with you. Uh, just, there's an interview that popped up with, um, the founders of almost naked swimwear. There's you with a bottle of yeah. something underneath. <laughs> yeah. A bottle, of, a bottle of champagne underneath. Um, Tell us about how this all started, uh, The um, how Almost Naked started, who was it with, and what made you guys decide, let's go, let's not do this anymore. Yeah, so I ended up um, going to fashion school in California. Um, it was called FITM in LA, and I decided to go there. Um, I have, I just always was kind of creative and wanted to try it out and see where it would take me. So I ended up meeting my partner there, um, and we became friends. And her grandma, her grandma ultimately had a in in the um, pattern making industry. 
So after I graduated, FITM, I graduated with a product development degree. So that means you learn everything from the business end of it to cutting and sewing cloth to make a shirt. Um, you know, I graduated with that. And then probably about three years after that, me and her were traveling and I was like, I really want to own my own business. Um, I had a background. I worked at Billabong corporate for a while hmm. um, as an intern. And then I um, was in women's um, product development. Then I moved up to marketing there. So I kind of always had my hand in like the bikini world. And I just always wanted to own my own business. So fast forward three years, we were sitting at lunch one day and we were just like, how can we make money and travel? And she's like, you know, she actually had previously had background in bikini making. Um, so she was like, do you want to launch a bikini business? Um, so we just decided to, um, she had pretty much the tools and the contacts on who, who to um, hire to make the bikinis and her grandma. And then I put in, um, I sold some of my stock money um, to invest into the company. So then we became 50-50 partners and launched. And it launched what year? It launched, um, I believe it was 2020 because it was right when COVID hit. And thank God we were just online because if we would have had a storefront, it would have been miserable. So we launched, we took all of our photos in California. Um, Like I said, I had a background working at Billabong, which was like amazing. And I knew models and photographers. So it was pretty easy. Like, you know, I kind of had the tools. And then once we put our heads together, it just did really well. It's, you know, we had, it's about how you market it. And I think we did a really good job at, you know, marketing it really good. We actually flew to Bali, Indonesia to shoot our first collection. And I think that just gave us like such creative content that it, it really like launched us into a really good situation. So, and then after a couple of years, you just decided. Um, so, so we really, we were doing really well. We had like an amazing first year. We got picked up by sports illustrated actually. So they had reached out over um, email and asked us to um, ship them bikinis for a photo shoot. So we did that. And then we ended up getting in their magazine, probably featured like four times, which was awesome. Then towards the end of it, um, I wanted to go to Miami swim, swim week. And it just seemed like me and my partner's like um, views for the business weren't really matching up anymore. You know, I feel like I wanted to do all these extra things. And, you know, it's kind of hard owning your own business because some months were really great. And then come winter, um, you know, it would just flatline a little bit. So I think I was more... Um, kind of like motivated to do everything I could to keep it going. And she had to kind of put, you know, we both were working actually other jobs. I was a nanny on the side and she was doing marketing online. So I think it was a lot for her to focus on marketing and the bikinis and I was nannying. So I could, I'm like, all I like to be busy all the time. Um, mm. So I think we ultimately we just had two different views of what we wanted for the business. And I took it to Miami swim week. And when I got back, it just didn't seem like it was, you know, in the cards for both of us to maintain growing with the company. Um, so I, I told her, you know, I was like, if you want to put this to bed, we can. And she was pretty much like, ultimately we should put it to bed. And I was like, okay, I'll move to New York and see what doors open for me if I want to continue in the clothing industry. So that's kind of where that where I'm at right now. Okay. And then obviously one door that opened was, was Joe millionaire and we'll get yeah. back, <laughs> jump back into that. And so you're, you're attracted to Kurt. And he's the one that you are kind of focused on. And as we saw all season long, I think it was pretty evident early on that this was a two horse race between you and Carolyn, Uh, the way the edit was shown. It was just, yeah, Kurt had interest in other women, but it just really seemed like it was you two, you know, you Mm -hmm. guys had your avocado stuff and, you know, the cutesy, (laughs) you know, the cutesy things. And, and he had his thing with Carolyn and, 
I mean, Carolyn was the one that he was first, I guess, attracted to because of what we were shown in the edit. And, and then you came along and you developed a relationship with him. Was there any, it seemed like there was a little bit on the show, but maybe it was overblown or maybe it wasn't. What was the relationship between you and Carolyn once it was pretty established that Kurt was into both of you? Yeah. So I would say, you know, in the beginning, I'm like a true believer, whatever's meant to be will be. So that's why I think my energy going into the show was very like, um, not competitive because I wasn't going to chase him if it wasn't meant to be. I just didn't think that I, you know, if it was meant to be, it was going to happen naturally. And I think that she, Kurt and her did have an initial connection. Um, and I think she just thought she had it in the bag, you know, right off the bat. And I think after him and I started bonding, we definitely had more of a connection and we definitely could see more, you know, of a deeper connection, I think, than him and Carolyn had. Um, so, but off camera, you know, we spend a lot of downtime with each other, all the girls. So pretty much every day, me and her did kind of have background stuff. Like we actually ended up, we went to the same high school or um, private Christian middle school. It was like actually middle school through high school. We went to the same school, but we didn't realize at different times um so we definitely just kind of like realized we had a lot in common so sometimes I would enjoy talking to her and we got along pretty well but then as time went on um I definitely think it kind of got like almost like a little awkward so we just we would be kind to each other in passing but um ultimately I think we kind of started to like pick girls that were on the other guy's team if that makes sense so like I bonded with Annie because she was going for Steven and I got close with Amber because she was going close or um, going for Steven. And then Carolyn just kind of did her own thing, I think, because she, she thought her and Kurt, it was like her and Kurt, you know, were, were shipped. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I made girlfriends in the house because I was just having fun in the downtime. And she was just kind of like, um, yeah, she's, she's not as like, I feel like people are like, is she crazy? And I'm like, she's not crazy. She's just competitive. And I think the difference between Carolyn and I is, she's a little bit cocky and I'm confident. And I think that's like the best way I could describe it, that she comes off as kind of like everyone's a little bit below her, I would say. And she kind of thought that, you know, she's like, no one else here is even close to like meeting where I stand. And I, I think that's where the audience is getting like a weird vibe from her because you know, when you're confident, you can still be like sure of yourself, but you, you don't want to like knock people. And I think she kind of, puts off the image that, um, you know, it's, it's her, like, she's a 10 out of 10 and everyone else is like an eight, seven, six, you know? Well, (laughs) was there a time, either a date or a specific instance where it went from this Kurtz guy is pretty cool to I'm starting to develop some serious feelings for this guy. Where was it with you? Yeah, there was actually, it's actually really cute how, I feel like I started to have feelings for Kurt. Um, there was actually a day on the episode where I told him I wanted to go home. And I really, at that moment, thought that, you know, he was full-blown picking Carolyn because he chose her for that fantasy date. So I just felt like, you know, I was questioning, like, my morals. And I was like, do I really have to be here competing for a guy? Like, I this just wouldn't, like, you, I guess you don't realize when you say yes to a reality show, what your feelings are going to be like. You're like, oh, this will be fine. Like, I'll roll with it. But then when you're in it, you kind of do feel like, you're kind of like questioning who you are, you know, you're like, Oh my God, I'm on a show, like competing for a guy. Like, what am I doing? So when that day came, him and I had that conversation shown on camera. And then it was really interesting because that was kind of a bonding moment for us. And then there was a really crazy thunderstorm. All the cameras and lights went out. And then me and him like kind of bonded off camera and just were like, 
I was learning about him and his family and, you know, it was all of us, like a big group sitting on the couch, just chatting. But I was like, wow, like I never really got to know you because it was very like, um, you know, when you talk on dates, you wouldn't really be like just kind of shooting the shit, I guess. Like, um, so I really got to know him a little bit more in his background, um, his family. And it was just like a really fun day because it was like, I think when the camera's off, you're a little more relaxed. Um, so that was the first time we really got to like bond, I guess, in a group setting of just being like our normal, normal selves, no pressure. Something, something that's always interested me just in relationships in general is a lot of us kind of do the same things and maybe even go to the same places with people that we date over the years and maybe even have some of the same, I don't know, pet names or catchphrases <laughs> that we use with our guys and, yeah. and, and girls. So the, <laughs> the avocado thing, first off, oh, where did it start? Like who, who came up with it first? And is it something that you've ever used before? <laughs> okay. So you're going to laugh at this story. I don't even think Kurt does know about this, but so I came up with this because ultimately I probably wasn't allowed to talk about this, but you know, when I got on the show, the first time Kurt and I kissed, I kind of was worried about him not being genuine. And I was like, is there a storyline? Like is I was, you know, I've never been on a reality show before. So I was like, has, did someone tell him to come up to me and like cause drama because there was already a connection with him and Carolyn. So I told him, I was like, look, like, I don't want to be played. Um, like if you aren't feeling anything or if you are like, I want to think of a code word. So I know that like your feelings are genuine for me versus like, I, I wasn't sure if it was, um, you know, if people were like tell, encouraging him to like me because it would add drama. But ultimately, you know, he's like, no, like that's not happening. But I was like, let's think of a word to say, um, that I know your feelings are like genuine and you're actually like fall, like you're true to your feelings. So I came up with the word avocado, <laughs> um, which very, is very romantic. Um, but the funniest part about this, it's so funny that you brought that up because I didn't, I kind of forgot about this, but when I was dating my ex, he would say the, the like funniest, but cringiest dad jokes. And I would be like, we'd be in a group of friends and I'm like oh my god some of them were funny some of them were like cringy like oh my god like I can't believe you said that so so I told him I was like if you like are saying too many dad jokes I'm gonna say avocado and that's when you know to like cut it so I actually used the word avocado to tell him like to cut the dad jokes and then I think I just popped in my head on, oh. you know on the show. <laughs> so I was using it for two different things but yeah I mean code word for either good or bad I guess in, in my head yeah I love avocado toast so see maybe what, that's where it came <laughs> see what I mean like like we have we yeah. have patterns in relationships, and you didn't. It was like it subconsciously just there, and it popped out of your mouth. Is like, oh, we'll, we'll use avocado as our word, and then yeah, you chose That's avocado because it's so, something from your past. It's actually so funny because I haven't even thought about that the entire time. Now that you brought it up, I'm like, oh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you're you're moving on, and you know, obviously, you and Kurt are getting closer, and the the women are dwindling down, and now you're down to the you know final two. I mean, let's just. Well, before we get to the final two, I, I, I get confused a little bit about when dates happen because I've watched every episode once and it wasn't, you know, just ingrained in my brain of what happened when. Um, was there a was there a particular date that stuck out to you as your favorite this season? Did you have one that were just like that was the best one that Kurt and I had? I mean, to be honest, I feel like Kurt and I only, we Kurt and I only had two one on ones. And it was the train date and then the the, fina the finale date. So 
I feel like my favorite, I mean, the train date was really great for us because I feel like it gave us an opportunity to bond and be away from everyone. So that date was probably my favorite and, and because there was only two one-on-one. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that one was great because we were able to spend, it definitely didn't air. Um, I feel like these episodes went really quick, to be honest. So, you know, that when it showed Kurt, Carolyn and Kurt's one-on-one versus ours, Kurt and I did have a whole day together. We got on the train. We had a really cute lunch on the train. We got to the bridge, had had um, like kind of like dinner and drinks. So we were together like all day, all night. And I think it really like allowed us to have fun together and just like really get to know each other and see what like talk about what, what life would look like after the show. So I think the train date would probably be my favorite. And then in last night's episode, we, got, you know, your final date, be honest, who made better pizza, you or him? <laughs> Honestly, Kurt did because I am a really good cook, but I've never cooked pizza like that before. I mean, usually I, I would get the homemade dough and just like put the cheese and the sauce on it. But I, it was kind of funny because I think, you know, when we were on the date, I, I have talked to him like I'm a great cook and I really didn't know how to like knead the dough and like toss it up in the air. So I think he was like, are you like lying that you're a cook? But ultimately, I think he he was a good cook. But I definitely that date was a little... I felt some tension. I think he was in his head a little bit about who who, who he was going to pick. I felt, but um, after after the pizza was done cooking, I feel like we had, we ended up having a really fun night. So did yours just ended up being more like more doughy than his? His was <laughs> yeah. a little more crisp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what happens. Uh, it happens yeah, when exactly. you make pizza. Can't win them all. <laughs> um, okay, so final day, and mm-hmm. what what's interesting is. Okay, so final day happens, and you are going into that day. Did you have any sense of – I? Th- were you confident he was picking you? Were you absolutely like, I have no idea what this guy's going to do? I, I could easily see myself getting eliminated here. Or did you get a sense? Did he give you any sort of hints that, hey, it's going to be you? Or you went into the last day like blind, no idea? I mean, okay, so the pizza night, we we definitely did bond like on a different level. And he he mentioned he's like, you know, I really feel like you would be such a good partner and like I need someone like you in my life. So he did mention that, but then the next day, like I don't I really like sitting in the hotel room, I had no idea. Like and I was just kind of like praying about it. And like I said, I'm very like whatever's meant to be will be. So I was just kind of calm and I, I, in my head was like, if it's, if it's right, he'll pick me. And if not, you know, accept it and wish him the best and move on. So I didn't, I wasn't really like spinning out or like overanalyzing. I just was kind of, I actually, it was just in the hotel and, you know, we weren't able to watch TV and stuff. So in the hotel, I was able to watch like a movie and just trying to stay calm and not overthink anything and just relax. And then, yeah, just kind of hope whatever, kind of like God's plan. So that was my whole thought process that day. How about when you made the walk up to him and you're standing with him, any early sign, any early signs that are like, okay, I feel a little more secure or he's given me nothing. I still don't know what he's going to do. I mean, okay. Walking out, I was like, first of all, it was freezing cold and I was shaking because I definitely was nervous because it's like the moment of truth, you know? Yeah. Um, so I walked up to him and he was like smiling, 
but I still didn't really, I couldn't tell if he was just like nervous or what, like, it's almost like I was mentally blacked out to be honest. So yeah, there was no really real indication. I mean, I, I was just, even his words, he was talking so slow and I was like, Oh my God, just tell me already. Because it was like, it was brutal. (laughs) Well, the way it was, I mean, the way it was edited last night, it was just, you know, cuts back and forth between what he's saying to you and what he's saying to Carolyn and all this stuff. So it was interesting Uh, the way it was edited, but, um, you know, a little birdie has told me that filming for that night was excruciatingly long in terms of how long you had to wait to to get to that moment. And that must have been, did you ever take a nap when you uh, were waiting? Did you fall asleep at all? Because I heard it was not, we're not talking like one or two hours. We're talking 10 hours. Yeah. I will say like, you know, I was ready to go at 7 PM and I don't, I didn't see Kurt until 3 AM. Yeah. So by that time I was mentally, you, I think my nerves were going on and off all day long and I was trying to stay calm, but you're kind of emotionally like drained at by 3 AM. I was just like, I don't even know what to think anymore. You know? (laughs) So I just went in there and I was like almost like a robot. So I I was going to say, I was going to say zombie. You're probably a zombie at that point. Like, just let me just what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, like, like you get to a point where you get excited, of course, like after, but I was just such a zombie and I, um, yeah, like I was emotionally drained the whole day was like up, down, up, down. You're kind of like, you get ready at the hotel, hair and makeup ready, 7 PM. They have to film interview. You're kind of, you know, riding in your, in the car, expressing like what you think's going on. Then the guys have to, you know, do their thing with the other girl. So it was, it was excruciatingly long. And, you know, I would say night one and the last night were the worst filming wise, because it was just very, very long. But um, then your adrenaline kicks in, you know, when you see like the guys and ultimately it was, it went really well, but yeah, leading up to it was rough. So you get there, you do all that. He picks you and we get a Takori promise ring. In your eyes, what did that mean to you? It meant to me that, you know, he wanted to continue this relationship after the show and see where it would go. Did you ever think for any second that if you were going to be chosen that this guy might propose to me? Or was it talked about beforehand? Like, hey, if you do pick me, we're not anywhere near any sort of engagement. Was there any talk about that? And did any thoughts cross your head that you might be engaged at the end of this thing? No, that was never talked about. Um, So when I did see him and he um, like pulled out the ring, my heart like dropped because I was like, is this an engagement? I didn't really know. I mean, it looks like an engagement ring. So I definitely was like, all I could think when he pulled out that ring was like, oh my God, I haven't, like, he doesn't even know my dad. (laughs) So that kind of made me nervous. But then ultimately he was like, this is a promise ring. And then said, you know, his thoughts on all of it. So ultimately it was a cute, like, I think it was a really cute way to like wrap the show because it is, it's such a roller coaster, and that's just a symbol of him saying, let's try this after. Yeah. And you know what? You mentioned your dad and I totally skipped over the part that I'm guessing a lot of people want to know a little bit more about. So we're going to have to backtrack here real quickly and talk about the family coming to visit because on that family visit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, your mom reveals that, you know, what if my daughter has a lot of money? Would you be okay with that? And yeah. And that was like for the audience, not that it was like planned or anything, but what exactly were you mad that your mom brought that up or were you fine and just dealt with it after that? 
not like mad at your mother, but like, mom, yeah. why'd you, why'd you say that? Cause now I have to address it rather than I much rather address it at the end of all this, like, and not on camera. And this, I don't want to have to talk about, you know, my money or the money I have. It just yeah. it puts a whole crink into things. I mean, I definitely have mixed feelings about it because a, like me and Kurt were starting to develop a bond before that. So I felt, I didn't feel like that was going to sway his decision. Um, because he owned his own business. So it wasn't like he was just like broke as a joke, like trying to find a sugar mama, you know? So yeah. I was like, okay, not like thirsty for money. So that I was like, okay, I don't think that's it. But, you know, I'm very humble when it comes to money. So my mom just like threw that out there. I was like, oh my God. Cause I'm like, yeah, she's just very um, no filter, which is great. I love that about her. But I think, you know, my mom was trying to protect me in a sense of she knows I'm really hardworking. I, I do like to live a certain lifestyle. And I think that she wants to know that the man I'm going to be with is okay with, you know, having two breadwinners in the family. And, um, I am, I like to work. I want to be my own boss always. Um, so yeah. And it was Joe millionaire. Ultimately, you know, she comes onto the show, they announced that one guy's a millionaire and one guy's not. So she's like, my mom's very protective. And I think she just wants to throw that out there and be like, my daughter's going to hustle and we come from money. So you better be okay with it kind of deal. And so she, I'm kind of, I'm happy about it. You know, like it put it on the table. It gave me an excuse not to have to talk about it. Cause she did. So <laughs> I was like, it is what it is. <laughs> and she was obviously, she didn't know until she got there, what the hell kind of show you were even on. I mean, she knew it was a exactly. dating show, but she didn't know the Joe millionaire and Hey, there's two guys and one of them has money and one of them doesn't. And yeah, your mother yeah. was, um, your mother, I think was kind of stole that episode. Um, <laughs> to, for the public, uh, Republic fell in love with your mother after that episode, and she was a she was a riot for sure. You know, you know, there may be talks of us doing a future thing together. So who knows what, <laughs> what the future holds? But yeah, we, you know, I love my mom, my sister, my dad. We're all such a tight knit family. So after that episode too, that definitely made me feel so much more in uh, sure about Kurt too, because they they kind of hit it off. And I always like to, you know, you want your family and your man you're dating to hit it off. So just yeah. seeing them all on was really like a game changer for me too. So we've gotten to, so we're, now we're back to proposal, not a proposal, but you know, final, <laughs> final oh night, um, promise ring, you get it. You, you, you know, you walk off the show together. He's chosen you over Carolyn. And now here's mm -hmm. the million dollar question. Yeah. Where does your relationship with Kurt stand right now? Um, so our relationship is no longer um, anything. Um, mm. All I really have to say about it is, you know, I'm like, I'm thankful for the experience and the journey. And yeah, some things, you know, when you're filming a reality show, I think you're in, they call it dating in a microwave and everything is so much different than when you get out into the real world. So I think, um, you know, we tried it after a while, um, after the show, and unfortunately it just didn't work for us. Okay, so we're going to dive into that now. Um, let's, <laughs> let's just talk, I mean, because fans want to know, clearly, like, okay, yeah. you get off the show, you are in New York, Kurt is in Charlotte. What happens yeah. when you first get off the show? Were you guys texting, and how was the relationship going, doing a long distance? Were you FaceTiming every day? Were you texting every day? Was it, it was how was it going once you got off the show? You know, it was kind of funny because right after the episode, like after we stopped filming, 
I um, went back to the hotel and I was like, he doesn't even have my number. Like, how is he going to text me? So it was so <laughs> funny because I, it's very confusing. You're like, is, was that real? Was it not? Like, it definitely was real because all your emotions are involved. But it is, so you don't have your phones and stuff. So I'm like, is this, is he even going to call me or text me? So probably like an hour after he shot me a text, it was like, you haven't called me yet. So it was like really cute. And yeah, once I got home, we FaceTimed every day. Um, we talked about like future plans of meeting up. So everything was going really good. You know, I loved his family when I met them on the show. So it was just, yeah, everything was going really good. And I think that ultimately, um, you know, after we did meet up a few times and then I think for me, I just, you know, I'm, I'm very in tune with like who, who I want and what I want. I think I felt that Kurt wasn't um, emotionally available. You know, I think that maybe the show, the show is a lot like you go on, you're vulnerable. You're really probably not expecting to like leave in a full blown relationship. I, I mean, I don't know. And I think he might've just been a little overwhelmed and, you know, I think he was just trying to figure it all out. And I just didn't really feel the connection that we felt that we had on the show continued. How many times did you guys see each other in person post show? I believe it was three times. And all three times you had to go visit him. You had, to, you were down in Charlotte. Well, there was actually this time. And so I had just moved to New York and he was visiting some friends in New York for Halloween. So I was in my place and he was in his place. And we actually did meet up that weekend um, and we hung out. That was a really, really fun weekend. And then after that, I flew out there twice. It was one weekend um, before Thanksgiving and we just had like a fun little hangout. And then the and then I flew out for Thanksgiving and spent Thanksgiving with him and his family. So um, I think yeah, like, I think when you're just with someone, you kind of see them in their day to day and we just it just didn't really feel right. So I think we just both decided, you know, like long distance is hard enough. And if it's not, does it feel right for you? I always say like, you know, it's just better to listen to how you feel and stay true to that. So it was after the second meeting in well, Thanksgiving was the last time you yeah. saw the, it was the last time you saw Kurt. Yes. Mm. And was there any contentious contentiousness there? Was mm -hmm. it a bad breakup at all? Or is it just like, hey, we met on a show. We've spoken, hung out post show and it's just, it just kind of fizzled. It's just not the same. Like where, where were the, I mean, you did say that you felt that he wasn't really emotionally available. Is there any elaboration you want to make on that? I mean, you know, I felt like after, you know, once we got to know each other a little bit deeper, I, I guess I didn't like listen to all the facts, you know, like he had, he was almost engaged about a year before that. And it seemed to me that he just had some healing to do from his past relationships. And, you know, I feel like I was kind of, I'm like ready to meet my husband. And I feel like I've, you know, like put everything out there. And I think with Kurt, I think he's still healing from whatever he had with his serious relationship prior to the show. Gotcha. It just, that's the vibe I got. You know, I, I just feel like when you, he, he didn't seem as open on the show or after the show, um, so that was kind of, I just didn't, it just didn't feel right. I guess that's like the best way I could describe it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't know, like you said, when you're, when you're on a show and you said right from the get go, the first time he kissed you, you were just like, 
wait, was this because he was told to and, and stuff like that? You got to be constantly questioning yeah. this person. Who Who is this person? I don't really know yeah. them very well. Obviously, once you get off the show and you're FaceTiming every day, you probably got to know him way, way more and a lot on a deeper level than you did any time during filming. Exactly. And, you know, you, you develop this relationship and, you know, you go see each other and if it's just not there, it's just not there. It's nothing you can, you're not going to force something uh, that's, that can't or isn't working. So while it sucks, and I'm sure that, you know, there's probably people that were fans of you guys and glad that Kurt chose you, going to be a little, you know, a little hurt that, oh man, I liked them together. It didn't work out. You know, do you, was there any sort of pressure that you felt as a, you know, winning couple from a reality dating show to almost fight through it, stay together because you have a fan base that you know is cheering for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt pressured. Like it it was a really hard situation when you get off a show, you, you know, you don't want to let people down and you're struggling with like, is this coming from like my end or is, is what I'm feeling like true? So I definitely struggled with like, should we continue to try this? But ultimately, you know, I feel like you just have, like, you know, when you know, and you, and I, it's the same if it's, if it's not right too. So I just ultimately feel like I was trying to follow my heart and as much as you want to, you know, make America happy, I think you have to stay true to yourself. And that's kind of what I preached through the whole show. So I, you know, ultimately there's times obviously where you think you question, but um, we're long distance. It, it just wouldn't make sense. You know, neither of us were talking about moving anytime soon. I am about to start a business in New York. He has, he's tied to a business in Charlotte. So ultimately it just, you know, I was like, let's just let it go. And I think he was on the same page with that. And, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. I think he's a good guy. I think he just wasn't the, the right fit for me. So when you get to the end and you win, and obviously there's another winner, there's another couple with Steven and mm-hmm. Kayla and, you know, I, I think <laughs> I, I definitely think, you know, look, you and I are recording this before the episode airs. Yeah. The finale airs. So it's tough to gauge. I can't go and get the social media reaction to what mm-hmm. we saw on the finale last night. But yeah. <laughs> my guess is and, I, and, I'll, and I'll admit if I'm wrong, but my guess is most people are going to be stunned that Steven mm-hmm. chose Kayla over Annie and not, not nothing against Kayla. And yeah. it just was because of the edit. And I'm sure you watching the show back are looking at it like, wow, they really are making it seem like this is a no brainer. Steven is choosing um, Annie. When you were there, were you experiencing that as well? Did the women talk and like, wow, Steven's totally going to pick Annie or was it a little bit mixed? I was shocked to be honest. I mean, Annie and Steven had the connection. Everyone keeps saying the editing is like crazy for me. Like for, I feel like my storyline was very real and raw. Um, you know, there's bits and pieces of, of what's, you know, I think the issue with the editing is that there was so much content that they had to like trim it down. And it's like, they really highlighted everyone's real relationships because the show is like based on who the guys are going to pick ultimately. Right. Yeah. So when it came to Steven and Kala, there really wasn't much content or else they would have put it in there. I think it shows if you follow it, Kala was into Kurt and Steven and she was confused. And I think when Kala gave Steven the green light, he was like, okay, like I, she's hot. Let's like see how this goes. I think um, Annie and him definitely had a connection growing the entire time. Um, I believe that the, you know, the game changer was when Kala went to meet, um, 
Steven's family. I just feel like she fit into like the farm life better. Um, and Annie's more of a city girl. So maybe that had something to do with it. But ultimately I, I was, I was shocked. I, I thought for sure he was going to pick Annie. Yeah. And I think most of America is going to be shocked when, or, or is shocked today seeing yeah. that last night. I just can't imagine because you know, look, Kayla was self-admittedly just kind of closed off. Didn't open up until really late in the game. And, yeah. and it seemed like he had like three one-on-ones with Annie. Every time he had a, a cool date, it was with Annie. Um, it just, it just seems like they you had know, a lot. This is like a little inside scoop. I, I do feel like, you know, Annie told me that their last date they went on, she was like, you know, I'm getting nervous. Like, I don't know what you're going to do. And he looked at her and goes, Annie, you have nothing to be nervous about, which kind of made me sad for her because, you know, it's like, I get the guys have decisions to make, but it's just, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because I'm not in their shoes, but she definitely, I think, you know, was like, what the heck after he did not pick her after saying that. So, well, no, well, knowing I now, know, that, I don't know. Well, I was going to say, knowing now that he didn't pick her, mm-hmm. Annie's been a real trooper through all this because she on social media just loves posting <laughs> pictures from her dates and yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like loves posting about the show. And that's great. I mean, I'm sure as a, PR department, they're loving the fact that Annie is promoting their show constantly for a girl who freaking lost and got, you know, dumped at the end. And she's just like, hey, look at our dates. And I know she was, you know, before last night, she was, hey, we're, you know, here's our paddleboarding date and, you know, their final date when they went paddleboarding and all that stuff. And I'm just like, this girl's a trooper. Good for her. Annie is amazing. She's such a trooper. And I think she's really classy and confident. And she, you know, had a really good run with Steven. All of, all of what everyone saw was real and raw and they were falling for each other. So I think, you know, she's going to promote their their love story. And ultimately, I think she's doing a really good job at being able to do that without acting immature or, you know, feeding into the drama. She's just classy, posting their story and, you know, life goes on and she's She's actually like thriving in life right now and she's going to meet an amazing man. I know, I know she deserves someone like great. So I'm happy for her. I'm happy for Steven and Cal. I think, you know, ultimately, hopefully they're happy. So I wish them the best. Well, I mean, even you No, I mean, knowing now that you are broken up and you aren't together with Kurt, you've been posting mm-hmm. stuff about your dates, you know, the, the note that he wrote you, the little book with the stick figures. You're, I mean, yeah. you've done it yourself and, and it's, it, it's, you know, I commend you for that as well, because not everybody can do that. Now, maybe yeah. it's easier because you were chosen in the end and you were the winner. Do you think if he chose Carolyn over you in the end that you would have been so gung ho about promoting the show on and talking and posting pictures or would, would it have stung too much to do that for you or you would have been fine with it? You know, it's I think the hardest part is like reliving the good memories because it does make you question you're like, could this have worked? But ultimately it's like, it, it was a past memory. So I can separate in my head memories from reality. So I look back and, you know, I can post it. And, and even if I, if I get sad for a moment, I, I feel it and let it go. Cause that was a good time in my life. You know, I'm so thankful. I met Kurt. I'm thankful for the experience. It was like something I'll never forget in my life. So I think of it more as a positive and look back and be like, wow, that was a great time. Um, so ultimately, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, if I was Carolyn, I probably would be a little bit more just kind of like moving on with my life rather than like playing into it. But hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say because I'm not in that situation. So I really don't know how I, I would feel or be acting. Yeah. And this is something that, you know, 
an experience that one day you show your kids and just be like, look what mommy did one time. I mean, this is just going to be a funny thing to look back at. And, you know, I think it's, I mean, like I said, it's commendable that you and Annie have kind of fought on, even though neither of you are with the guy. Uh, Ultimately, Mm -hmm. in the end, you got chosen. She didn't. So either way, but you're not together with him. And yet you're still, you know, out there posting stuff. And I think that's, that's really cool. I think, you know, is there anything between you guys, you mentioned, you know, what an experience it was and you met a great guy and you met his family and stuff like that. And you bonded that way. And I'm sure when you look at it, there's also these women, I'm guessing probably a few of them, maybe one over the other, going to be friends for life. Who who, yeah. are, who are you closest to from the show that you were just, she's she's like my ride or die, and I, I, I can always see myself being friends with her going forward? I mean, I definitely love Annie, and we both are in the city, so we've been hanging out a lot since the shows. Um, I think we've seen that on your then, Instagram stories. I think I've seen, <laughs> seen you guys. You know, we both, yeah, and we both live in the city. We, we both have similar goals in life to um, – you know, we, we work a lot with wanting girls to be confident. And I know she, um, we both have really similar goals out of our, our career. So that's like a huge, like lifelong friendship because it's like, maybe we can have business together, um, down the line. Um, I think she's a really good person at her core. I love Amber. Um, I love Suzette, Suzanne and Brie. I think those were like my ride or dies. I think they were just so down to earth, like brought their true personality to the show like zero like cares in the world who judged them they were just completely themselves the whole time and those were like my girls well that's cool i mean it's really cool to develop friends annie is the only one of those that lives in new york or do others um annie monica lives in new york but i didn't really get to bond with her because she kind of left early so um but yeah she's a sweet girl i just didn't i didn't get to know her that well so and annie's a pageant girl wasn't didn't annie win like miss Georgia or county? Or I believe she is a pageant girl. I'm not sure like the exact background on um, if she won or not, but yeah, she's, she, she's so funny. She's like carries herself. Like she's so classy and elegant, but she's so much fun at the same time. So that's what I love about her. Yeah. We know you like fun people. You made that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. You like, you, 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 you go after laugh. fun. Yeah. Yeah. You go after fun, whether it's women or the girls or the guys, you're just like, it's, I want fun. I mean, life is, Life is short. It can't be boring, you know? So, so, okay. So that brings us to kind of like where we're at now with you. Obviously you're not, you're not together with Kurt. When was, when was the last, you just had a curiosity. When was the last time you had any, like, is it, is it cut off for good or are you guys? Yes. Okay. Though that answered my question. I was about to ask, is there any chance for some sort of reconciliation down the road? But it sounds like no. No, it's just, it's not for me. Okay. I think, like I said, I think that I, I want a man who just knows what he wants. And I think Kurt has, according to my opinion, a lot of like, you know, figuring out what he wants out of life. And I'm ready for a man who just knows, you know, is ready 100% for me. So. Gotcha. Now, in terms of what you're doing now, obviously you said before the show, right before you left, you had moved to New York, your mother's taking care of it while you're on the show. Now you're yeah. in New York. You've been there since filming ended in, you know, October-ish. So you've been there five months now. Now tell everybody, just kind of fill people in on what you're doing now and what the what the goals are moving forward for you. Yeah, so I'm super excited about, um, I just locked in my LLC called Pace Collective. So Pace is not only my last name, but it stands for Pursue, Attract, Create, Elevate. 
Um, so after leaving the show, I was a little bit confused if I wanted to stay, you know, in the manufacturing business of workout clothes or bikinis. But ultimately, I think I've decided that, you know, that's with the clothing industry, money comes and goes. So I'm trying to figure out a way to help impact people in a positive way, have it be a career opportunity. So ultimately, I am working on launching a podcast called Pace Yourself. Um, So we'll be talking about all topics, you know, how to pursue your dreams, um, how to elevate your life to the next level. And I'm going to have people on it that are really um, just smart, educated, spiritual, and hopefully just a really good podcast that people can tune in and better themselves. Like I'm all about growing in life and growing from any experience. So that's kind of my main goal right now. Oh, very cool. So it's pace. Pace stands for what again? It's pursue, attract, create, and elevate. Pursue, attract, create, (laughs) elevate. Got it. Is this something you ever thought about before all this? Or is this something that really came to you in the last few months? It honestly, I was sitting on my couch one day and I was actually really like ready to um, launch active wear clothing because on the show I wore so much active wear and everyone was like, I love your sets. They're so cute. So I was about to design samples. I actually have samples kind of being made right now, just out of like my pre-show career change. Um, And I was getting samples made, but ultimately I'm, you know, I really want to, I feel like my goal in life is to help people like find their purpose or their happiness. Um, so I was designing the active wear and I kind of like took a pause on it and I was like, is this making me happy right now? And as it's cool to design your own clothing, but ultimately I feel like my purpose is just bigger and meant to serve people and help right now. So I kind of took a little pause. I'm going to focus on this right now and maybe down the line I'll create clothing again. But right now I just think this is where my happiness lies. And you kind of hinted at maybe something going into business with Annie or, or were you just saying that's somebody I could see myself doing something with, or is there something in the works with you two? No, nothing in the works with Annie and I, it's just more of like, say, for example, we want to jump on the podcast together and talk about how to inspire or like our experience on the show. How did we stay true to ourselves or stuff like that? You Mm, know, I think she's someone that I really do trust and um, I know her heart's good. So I feel like she would, you know, future business as in we have similar go- goals and I know I could trust in her to, you know, I don't know, help with business or vice versa. So you're basically saying Carolyn's not going to be your first guest on the podcast. Is that what you're <laughs> getting at? I mean, who knows? You never know who will pop in, but Carol, when it comes to Carolyn, I wish her nothing but the best. You know, she is, she, she's a sweet girl at her core. And I think ultimately she, she just needs to meet a man that's going to, I, I feel like Carolyn should meet a guy in her inner circle and is ready to be a great dad for her, her child and be a great man for her. So I wish her nothing but the best, you know, ultimately she obviously comes off a little bit cocky at times, but I think at her core, she's hopefully, you know, like a good soul. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's the fan base that tunes into this show every Thursday night and follows it and watches what happens and her, probably going to be, like I said, a little bit disappointed that you guys didn't make it because they feel like they're invested in, in the whole Kurt and Amanda thing. And, and I'm sure just like people are going to be invested in Steven and Kala's relationship. But then there's also this subsection of the world that follows stuff online and there's, you know, there's stuff out there and I don't even know if you can bring attention to this. If you can't, by all means, that's fine. But there's stuff being said online about things that have happened post-show. And I just wanted to, before we 
kind of wrap things up here. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to possibly address anything that's out there, correct anything that might be misinformation, because we all know the Internet is full of misinformation nowadays. Um, So is there anything out there that you feel like, you know what, look, it's there's a lot of been it's finally over. We can say things now. We can talk about things. But is there anything out there that you want to address? And like I said, correct, inform, whatever the case may be. Um, so I probably don't want to like get into too much detail, but there is stuff online that people have been writing and stuff and you take everything with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, I really, like I said, I, I try to rise above the drama, but ultimately some things online are true and some things aren't. And it's just like, up, it's up to everyone to make their own decisions about it, you know? And I think that's all like, I have to say about that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, like, like yeah. I said, I, I had to ask. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> it is something because I, I know there is a subsection of fans that are just, you know, thriving off the gossip of behind the scenes of the show and post-show activity and who's friends with who and who likes whose photos and who's following who, like it's yeah. all it, that stuff. If you if you really do a deep dive on it, you can maybe figure some things out. I guess is definitely. Is, <laughs> and you know, some of the girls, like I said, like I got really close to some of them. Some of them have fallen out of my life, and there's a reason for it. And ultimately, they're just not good people in my heart. Um, you know, some mistakes. Like I feel some girls are really kind, good girls, and some girls had. Um, just didn't have my best interest, you know, at heart when it came to stuff that I had told them. And I just, I just feel like some girls just aren't, are are ultimately like mean girlish and Mm. they've fallen out of my life for a reason. And all I can say is I'm happy where I'm at right now. And um, I wish everyone nothing but the best, but ultimately some of the girls just turned out to be not as kind as I thought they were. So, I mean, it seems like in your life, you're just like, you're more about, you know, positivity, energy, stuff like that. And Anytime that there's some sort of bad juju, whatever you want to call it, bad karma, you know, creeping into your life, you're just like, no, I'm putting it. I I just I don't need it. I I, kind of rise above it and you don't need it. And, you know, and that's a good thing to have, especially within the last couple of years. We've seen this just pop up in, in all of our lives, just like eliminating stuff. The world's already a weird place as it is. And it has been for a couple of years now. I don't need any more drama slash negativity in my life. And exactly. And that's, and the, I'm, so, I'm so thankful that like, you know, a lot of this stuff after the show was stressful and I have to say like the good people stuck around and the bad people fell off. And I'm so thankful that it happened sooner than later because it's allowed me to now like focus on my business and growing into something to help people. And I feel like if I was surrounded by people that were, you know, toxic for me, it wouldn't, have allowed me to focus on the right things. So ultimately, yeah, I think everything happens for a reason and you know, you attract to what you are, right? If you're positive, you're going to attract positivity. If you're toxic, you're going to talk toxic toxicity. So that's, that's kind of how I, I live my life. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, that's a great way to live. So, I mean, kudos to you, Amanda, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a, a very fun time talking to you for this hour. Good luck with Pace Collective that you just started, and we will obviously, um, the the fans out there of Joe Millionaire and the fans of you will be able to probably get more of that information as you build on it. It comes out on your social media, which is, uh, your social media is, your Instagram is just what, Amanda Pace? Isn't that your... Amanda Pace, Amanda Pace with three E's at the end. (laughs) 
Why were there were there two <laughs> were there two other yeah. Amanda Paces out there? One with one e and one with two e's. So you had to go three. I never know. I never knew why I did that, but it started in college and it stuck around. So it's oh, just an okay. extra, a few extra e's. Okay. Well, you know what that that's better than your email address. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay, let's not get started on that. Relax. <laughs> Such a such a troll email address. <laughs> okay, quick story on the email address. My email got hacked, so now my email has a bunch of numbers at the end. <laughs> yeah, and Steve, Steve yeah. is shitting on me for it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, Wait, is this is this is real? This is like, it's almost it's almost like those Twitter accounts that just have an egg, and it's like ABC, at, and then it's like nine four two three four six eight nine six four two. And I was just like, really? Oh, I'm supposed to listen to any opinion that that person has? That's, that's okay, your gonna, email address. Tonight, I'm going to go make a, a new Gmail account right now. <laughs> I think you should. I really do. Am I the only person to ever tell you that? Or other people have been like, that's kind of a weird email address. Honestly, I don't. I, I use another email for most people. but Oh, so I, got a, so I even got a shitty email. I didn't even get the right one. You got my, you got my work one. Oh, I got the work one. <laughs> Oh great! My old work one. Oh geez. All right, that's fine. I see where I stand. I'm not, not going to be a best on. I'm not going to be a guest on Pace Collective. Apparently. Um, oh, no, you'll oh, definitely wait. be a guest. Oh, what's the? Oh, that's the thing. You um, I, I you mentioned to me off air. I don't even know if you mentioned it in your answer. So I want to get people to know this. Um, did you mention the podcast or no? That, that you were interested in starting the podcast and what you wanted to call it? Yes, I did mention that. Oh. Okay, I might edit that, <laughs> edit that part out because apparently I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I knew you were talking about everything you were doing with it, but the word podcast, I guess, never it never rang in my ear, I, I guess. I don't know. Sorry I about that. I, no, no worries. Okay. But anyway, uh, I really appreciate it's you coming on. It, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to come on and talk even more about your experience. And even, you know, just, I mean, it, it, based on the, the topic and the um, – what you want to do with your podcast. I mean, I, I feel that having done this almost God, next year will be 20 years that reality Steve has, has been a thing and how it started. And it, and it literally came from the first Joe millionaire back in, in 2003, it started out as an email to three friends and just how it's grown to, to what it is now. I think, I know, I think it's an interesting story. I mean, I've told it a lot, but you know, I, I don't know if your audience like- has heard it. I think it's insane how you did the first Joe Millionaire and now look at, you know, <laughs> yeah, driving. Know. It was like, <laughs> it was when I, and you know, look, I, I think the the one thing about this show was, you know, this was the first reboot since, you know, whatever year it was, 2004, they, they had that second season right afterwards that kind of didn't go so well for them. But then, it, you know, it took 18 years off the air. So none of us going had any idea, just us as television viewers, until what, like maybe two, three weeks before your premiere, it's all of a sudden like, oh, by the way, Fox is bringing back Joe Millionaire, and here's the cast. And we're like, holy shit, I didn't know that. Like that's that's yeah. totally cool. Like it was so it was kind of sprung on everybody. So that's where I was like, wow, I really want to, you know, kind of get in bed with Joe Millionaire because it's a selling point since this is how Reality Steve started. It started with Joe Millionaire and email a Joe Millionaire email to three of my friends where I just recapped the show and I just thought it was a. a it almost like coming full circle um, 20 years later or whatever it is. It's so wild, but that's awesome. I feel like you've grown so much in your career and you know, you're so cool to talk to So I appreciate you. Well, thank you. And I, and one thing that I I wanted to tell you about, um, so you guys were filming your season 
mm-hmm. a little bit overlapped with when another reality dating show that I cover mm-hmm. was was filming, and it was funny because because Joan Millionaire had been off the air for you know eighteen twenty years. Anytime someone sees somebody filming, you know, two people walking and cameras following them, most people assume, oh, this must be, you know, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette filming or something like that. And with the overlap, someone sent me a picture during filming of your season and they sent it to me and they said, hey, I think The Bachelor's filming in Atlanta. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about because at that time I knew where The Bachelor was in their in their journey. And come to find out when I went back and looked at the picture, once I realized Oh wait, yeah, somebody sent me a picture back in October of filming and it wasn't Bachelor. I wonder what it was. And it was the picture of you and Kurt before you got on the train. Oh like, my god. So, so wild. Yeah. You were kind of, who is this? Did you notice anybody around you? People in yeah, the area? We, we did. It was okay. so funny. People had their cameras out because that was kind of a big filming day. Yeah. Um so yeah, people were taking pictures. It was it was funny. Well, one, yeah. So one of those pictures ended up in my inbox and uh, <laughs> And I'm like, well, I know this isn't Bachelor because they are, you know, wherever they were at the time. But I was like, I wonder what this is. And at the time, you know, it's not like Fox said, hey, you know, back in August or September, we're rebooting Joe Millionaire. It wasn't until you guys were done filming and stuff had pretty much been edited that they said, oh, by the way, Fox is bringing back Joe Millionaire. And, you know, we saw the first promos and we're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, TV industry people probably knew, but the public, no, we had no clue until they ran that first commercial and I think that was like mid December, something like that. Like it was yeah. really late in the game. So wild. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, I saw that picture. And then I went back once the show when I was like, wait a second, what was that picture from? If it wasn't bachelor or bachelorette. And it was like, Oh, this is Amanda. That's, that's, uh, that's Kurt. The guy with the, you know, that, the guy with the ponytail. Amanda. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, oh, yeah, it wasn't it. until I saw that date. See, I didn't even know it was you because the picture was kind of blurry. But it wasn't yeah. until the date happened, uh, what, two episodes ago or one episode ago, the train date. I was like, oh, they're standing in front of a train. That's Kurt and Amanda. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll send so it to fun. you. If I can find it, I'll I'll send it to you. But I don't – like, it was sent to me four months ago. I'm like, uh, was it Instagram DM or Twitter DM or somebody email it to me? I don't even remember where it is. I can't even I – would, I would love to see it, though. That's, that's so funny. Yeah. Such a small world. Yeah, I definitely will, and I'll send it to your crappy email address. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're like never gonna let me live that down. I know. It's just I just I haven't seen an email address like that in a while. Anyway, uh, Amanda, <laughs> thank you so much again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll certainly Kurt, be in touch. Good good luck with everything. Sorry, it didn't work out with Kurt, but um, good good luck with everything. We'll be in touch, and yeah, wish you the best of luck going forward. Thank you so much, Steve. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Bye. Bye. Thank you again to Amanda. Great girl. And just been able to keep in touch with her the last few days. And it's just, she's a riot. She really is. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to her. And I hope you enjoyed the interview because that was a lot of fun. And I really appreciate the fact that she was open and honest about the the relationship. And it seems like there's maybe a little bit of drama post-show that she just didn't want to dive into because why at this point, you know? But yeah, it just didn't work out with her and Kurt, unfortunately. And, you know, TMZ posted it last night. They had it. Uh, and it looks like Amanda is just, you know, going back to doing her own thing. And good for her. And I hope Kurt is doing well and has gotten by with the breakup and whatnot. And he's continuing on. So I hope you enjoyed both of those interviews. It was a lot of fun. 
uh, like I said, we're, you're going to get overdosed on Joe Millionaire information with today's podcast and then Tuesdays that's going to have Annie and Carolyn on it. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you'll enjoy Tuesdays, and I really appreciate you all listening and subscribing. Some of you leave comments. Some don't. I appreciate anybody who does that. It certainly helps. Rate the show on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show. And yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted to put this out this week. We're a day late because the finale for this show to narrative Thursday nights. So we put it out Friday morning. Sometimes I have to do that if I want to get something timely in. And that's what we did for this one. So anyway, for those three, Stephen McBee, Calla Jackson, and Amanda Pace, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 277. And we will talk to you next week. See you.